the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferrets Tove, financial literacy educator and speaker, entrepreneur, and chairman of the board of a bank in formation. Take charge of your financial future with Your Personal Bank. Now here's Ferrets Tove. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. First thing I want to say is, I've been told there are uh, some people that listen to this show and get ideas from it, and I think that's pretty awesome. And the reason I say that is um, there are some thoughts I've shared with uh, with listeners here for a number of years, particularly uh, one of them that's come up is, of course, the idea of financial responsibility. Uh, it, I, I find it interesting that that whole concept, that whole idea, has has really gained some traction over the past year or so. I never heard anybody use that term. I started using it about a year, year and a half ago, I guess. And it was kind of funny how shortly thereafter I started hearing that phrase because prior to that I always would hear like fi- being financially conservative. And and as I stated on this this show that I didn't think that was a very descriptive or a very effective description. Really, someone someone could be conservative or liberal in their ideas and their political beliefs or whatever, but you're either financially responsible or you're not. And the bottom line is most Americans, most people are financially responsible. If you weren't, well, you'd have lots of financial problems, wouldn't you? So it, it's out of a, a, almost out of necessity to live your life with some, some degree, at least, of financial responsibility. If you don't, eventually the bills catch up to you as we all know, and bad things happen, right? And so we've used that same idea, that same thought process with our government in terms of financial, uh, you know, federal spending, government spending, and how it's been out of control, and and it's in the news now. Finally, there's people taking it, uh, talking about it, and, and, and seemingly taking it seriously, which is, is of great... Um, uh, I'm glad. I'm very glad of that. Well, I've got another idea I want to share, and it comes from... This article that uh, I saw re- recently from, a, I guess, a recent poll, a Gallup poll, stating that Americans cite government as the top problem facing the nation and inflation being second uh, biggest problem, which, by the way, inflation is caused by government. So if, if you look at this uh, Gallup poll where 21 percent of Americans see the government as, and poor leadership as the top problem, while 15 percent see inflation as the top problem. Well, in my opinion, you can put the two together because they're both intertwined. And it's funny how immigration and the economy came in at third and fourth at 11 and 10 percent also. Uh, that also is the government, inflation, inflation and, and much of the causes of the poor economy. Uh, we've talked about that ad nauseum on this show are caused by government actions. For example, um, printing too much money is a big one, which causes inflation and a poor economy. And, of course, restricting or reducing energy um, production causes inflation and a poor economy. So, in my opinion, the top four concerns uh, that Americans have right now, according to this Gallup poll, can all be attributed to the government. So that, that puts over half of the Americans 
really believing the government's at fault for a lot of these problems we're causing. I am, you could put me in that category too. They're a big cause of it. Which brings me to this, this thought that I, I'm leading up to is liberals this past couple of years have been famous for the statement, this phrase of defund the police. Now, uh, we can go into whether you agree with that or not. We can go into a whole, whole thing about it. I do not agree in general with defunding the police. It just creates more crime or allows more crime, I should say. Um, I've got a phrase that I think uh, I would like to see uh, get traction, this idea get, get hold, and that would be defund the bureaucracy. Now, some of you hear that and think, you know, hey, amen, brother, um, because really a lot of the problems that we have, just like with this Gallup poll here that's talking about, is and the majority of Americans now believe the government is the cause of much of our problems facing the nation today. And ironically, as bad as many of them, I've, I've discussed this, again, far many, many times, as big of a challenge or a problem many of our elected officials are in bad policies or policies that are, are detrimental to the average American, certainly someone who works for a living, pays taxes, the average typical hardworking American, all right, the fiscally responsible people out there, many of the policies that our elected representatives uh, you know, support and laws get passed and all, I believe even a bigger problem is the bureaucrats that, that, they, that they then put in charge who then will stay often for decades a career and will put into effect many of these bad policies and, in essence, do the elected officials' dirty work. Right. Well, the cause if we were to cut it off at the vine, starve it out. And the best way to do that is to defund the bureaucracy. In other words, cut back their funding. Right. Because they're the cause of the problem. They're the biggest problem that our country faces. Again, according to this Gallup poll and most Americans believe. In fact, because of that, that would be, in, in essence, you could kill two birds with one stone. You could accomplish two things at once because the other issue we are dealing with, we're facing with right now as a country, economically that is, in addition to high inflation, a poor economy, all right, a high, high prices for nearly everything, certainly the things the average people purchase like food and fuel. But we are dealing with a debt crisis, you know, record, historical record debt with the government and a debt ceiling that we have, this, our government has actually surpassed. And there's negotiations going on right now as we speak about how to uh, address that. And one of the disappointing things that I'm seeing here, and, 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 and I understand why they're doing this, and what it is is, both sides, both parties have, have agreed that they're not going to touch Social Security or Medicare. Now, I understand why they're not doing that because from a political standpoint, okay, uh, it just doesn't go well with the voters. I also understand that many listeners, including myself, have paid into the system for decades. I also understand that many, many listeners are now receiving those benefits from the contributions that you made throughout your working life. I get all that, and I understand why 
it's not popular to talk about reducing um, Social Security or Medicare benefits. But here's the facts. Here's the thing I, I, I think you need to understand. This is what we, as, a, as a, the American public, need to understand, is we have allowed, and, and let's face it, the buck stops at the American voter, ultimately, right? So we have allowed our federal government to spend far too much money. Let me put this into, into perspective. Let's say, for example, you, okay, well, first of all, Social Security and Medicare account for about 46% of the current federal budget. So right there, right, right in, in and of itself, roughly half of the expenditures of our federal government are your Social Security and Medicare. Now, if neither party is willing to touch that because that's the third rail of politics, it's a quick way to not get reelected. I get that. But if neither party has the gumption, the gonads, if you will, to deal with this real federal spending reduction, okay, that means everything else is going to have to be cut significantly more to allow those two programs to continue. Now, if we add into this, which most people agree with, we add into it defense, so we got Social Security, Medicare, defense, and veterans benefits, you now are up to 85% of the federal budget. Or I'm sorry, you're up to a point where you're a majority. If you exempt, I'll back up a second. If you exempt defense, veterans, benefits, Social Security, Medicare, those four, three, those four things, again, defense, veterans, Social Security, Medicare, from any cuts, you would have to reduce all other federal spending by 85% to get to a balanced budget in the next decade. Now, that's according to the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. All right? Now, whether they're right on that exactly or not, or whether that number's more or less than 85%, I can't say for sure, but that's an awful big number. In other words, if you just keep those four things on the table, defense, veterans benefits, Social Security, and Medicare, you keep those four things on the table. You don't touch them, in other words. You've got to cut everything else by, they're saying, 85%. In other words, no matter how you cut it, tremendous cuts to everything else the government does. Now, I stated earlier, let's defund the bureaucracy. That's a good place to start. I mean, it definitely, it's not going to solve the problem, but it's a step in the right direction. Okay, and there's so many other things that the majority of Americans hate. I mean, for example, why are we funding NPR? There's plenty of radio stations around this country that are not funded by the government. Uh, why are we funding so much money overseas and overseas, um, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, what is it, aid, foreign aid, I guess you what you say. Well, we've got a, a budget problem ourselves, right? Uh, there's so many things like the Academy of Sci uh, well, Sciences, of Art, uh, you name it, there's all these pet projects. I mean, $1.7 was spent in the last budget, and there were big chunks in there of pet projects, earmarks for different Congress people. If we got rid of all of those, okay, which I would encourage, I would recommend, from a budgeting standpoint, from a financial standpoint, right, from a fiscal responsibility standpoint, that is, we still haven't touched what needs to be done. Now, I know that's discouraging. I know that's frustrating. But I, what I want to understand is the only way, the only way that we're going to get true fiscal responsibility with the federal government 
is that third rail of politics is going to have to be addressed. Now, we've discussed this many, and why is this going to have to be addressed? It's going to. Here's the thing: if it's not addressed soon, it's going. If we don't address it now, we're going to have to address it soon because the the Social Security trustees themselves tell us that they're going to be insolvent by 2035. Folks, that's not that far away. What is that, eight years? In eight years, they will not have the, the ability to pay the full benefits that they're paying currently right now. So either we do things right now to address it, or in about eight years, we'll be forced into addressing it. And looking at the just the math, forget the politics on all this, is there's enough money there to to uh, if they do become insolvent, which means they're not they don't have any extra money to pay out the benefits, they'll only be able to pay out what they bring in on payroll tax and such. They'll be able to pay about seventy five percent of the current benefits that people are receiving today. We're going to discuss this further because this is a real stuff cutting through the noise, and it's very important from an economic standpoint for every American. I'm going to encourage you to contact me at yourpersonalbank.com for more information. If you want to learn how to navigate this and become self-sufficient, not rely on the government so much or be susceptible to their actions, because, again, the majority of Americans believe they're the problem. I agree. How do we insulate ourselves from that and thrive? Contact me at yourpersonalbank.com. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome to yourpersonalbank.com. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're Your Personal Bank Show. I just was sharing the, the website, it's yourpersonalbank.com, for more info. Anyway, uh, as I was saying in the last statement, I'm sharing some information. I, I share this with folks all the time with clients and such. I can tell you what you want to hear, like politicians often do, or I can tell you what you need to hear. Which would you prefer? And, and it's kind of funny when I ask that question, inevitably, I mean, with 100 percent accuracy, um, pretty much people say, well, tell me, uh, give it to me. Tell me what I need to hear. Because, see, anyone who's financial resp- anybody who's financially responsible doesn't want to put their they don't want to put their head in the sand. OK, they want to know the truth. They want to know the facts. They want to be able to um, act accordingly, plan accordingly and take the actions of an adult, of anyone who's financially responsible, okay? And we have to deal with that with our own personal financial situation. We have to deal that with our business or if we have that. And, you know, folks, we need to start doing that with our government, particularly our federal government. And, again, not everybody's going to be responsible. Not everyone is. People pay the price. Unfortunately, when it's the government that does it, Everyone pays the price, whether you're responsible or not. So all we need is a majority. We only need 51%. We don't need everyone. So it's not, in, it's not, um, it's not the end of the world. How's, how's that, so to speak? So here's what's so important. As I was sh- sharing in the first segment, you know, recent Gallup polls stating that the majority of Americans believe that uh, our government is the biggest problem facing America. And our leader, current leadership, inflation economy, um, the uh, immigration, which are all, those are all government-related things, are the biggest problems facing America, and they are. And we're also dealing with a financial crisis as we speak because we've, we've broken past the debt ceiling. 
They're arguing and, and di- discussing what to do about that as we speak. And, the, and we also have record debt, which is unsustainable. We've allowed, again, I'm not putting the blame on the politicians, although, yes, they are responsible. But the reality is we're the ones that vote them in, the American public. And they are, they, they'll, do what, they'll do what they feel like they can get away with, right? If they feel like it, it affects their political future, in other words, their ability to be reelected, they change their tune, okay? So there's the, the, the change, the solution has to come from the American people, and education is the key to that. And why I'm sharing this is I, I find this somewhat frustrating that finally, for the first time in a long time, we're having some serious discussions about reducing federal spending because it is so out of control. We've, we've bypassed the debt ceiling, and there's discussions about what to do and how to, how to address this, how to reduce spending. And as I stated in the first segment, first place I would start is defund the bureaucracy. <laughs> Democrats want to defund the police. Well, you know what? I want to defund the bureaucracy because they're, like I said earlier, most Americans believe they're the biggest cause. They're the, they're the biggest problem our country faces today, right? Let's defund them. Let's starve them where it, let's let's hit them where it hurts and let's let's starve them out by not not funding them, right? Or cut their funding back dramatically. We're we're in debt. We've got too much. We got too much spending. First thing, what does a company do when a company is facing financial challenges? What's one of the first things they do? They cut payroll. They let people go. Well, guess what? Our federal government needs to do the same thing, period. Also needs to do a lot of other things. And let's be real, folks. The Social Social Security Trust Fund managers are stating that it's going to become insolvent in 2035. This is not me. This is the Social Security trustees. And Medicare, something I think a year or two before that even. We're talking six, eight years from now, folks. That's not that far down the road. Now, I'm not trying to scare people or freak them out, but I want you to understand this is the trustees making these statements. This is public record. You can look it up. Now, what they're telling us, what the trustees are stating is, they, just so you understand, they receive income through payroll taxes primarily, and they also have an, a surplus, and that's how they're able to pay out the benefits at the levels they are currently. If they do become insolvent, as they state, and stop having any kind of reserve excess, that means they would be able, based on their income, the payroll taxes they receive, they would be able to pay about 75% of benefits that, at, at the, the rate they're being. So if you're receiving Social Security right now, your benefits would then be reduced to about 75% of what you're getting paid right now. So first of all, from a planning standpoint, I tell folks who are nearing retirement or, or who are already retired, Look, the trustees are telling us they're going to get insolvent, and do you trust the politicians to solve this in the next six or eight years or not? If you don't, you need to plan accordingly and be able to live off of, say, 75%. If your Social Security check gets cut by 25%, you need to be able to deal with that. And you have to invest and, and save and be smart with your money to accommodate that. Any, any fiscally responsible person has to do that. Okay? And by the way, if you want some help in that arena and how to lock down some guaranteed returns, you know, reduce your taxes and make sure you can weather that storm if indeed it does come to pass, contact me at toll-free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbike.com. Again, it's 866-268-4422. Now, 
What's disappointing is although there is some serious discussion about reducing federal spending, and I don't think, I mean, there's far too much of it. Let's face it. The, both parties have taken Social Security and Medicare off the table. They're not even going to discuss it. Well, folks, that's 40%, 46% of the federal budget. So either if you're going to get serious about, about fiscal responsibility and reducing spending, you're going to have to make some – if you're going to keep Social Security and Medicare on the table at, at, at their current rates and not touch them, you're going to do some serious cutting elsewhere. Are we prepared or willing to do that? Or is it better to have cuts across the board? Maybe affect Social Security and Medicare not quite as much, perhaps, but have some reductions in benefits, for example, or delays in receiving benefits, or maybe higher income earners get less. I don't know. There's, uh, there's also uh, recommendations of increasing payroll taxes. I don't believe increasing payroll taxes, particularly in a poor economy, is going to generate much more, uh, uh, much more in the way of dollars. But all those things are, are discussions that both parties have talked about, and these are things that are going to need to have to happen to make sure Social Security and Medicare become, remain solvent, yet neither side's willing to deal with it or touch it because, as they put it, it's the third rail of politics. They deal with it, they get, they get voted out. Folks, we got to change our tune as voters. We have to tell our representatives, deal with this, fix it, cut the spending, and if, we, if our benefits get cut some, we're okay with it. Because, folks, here's what you need to understand. If you don't cut them now in eight years, give or take, they're going to get cut by about 25%, according this, to the uh, Social Security trustees, for example. We have to get serious about this. It's time for budget cutting. And it's time to get genuinely serious about it, and we have to educate everyone we know. So let's defund the bureaucracy and get some fiscal responsibility, some real fiscal responsibility, and even be open to some reduced benefits if that's what it takes because there's been far, far too much spending. I know some people aren't going to like it, but if you want to know what you want to hear, <laughs> want to tell me what you want to hear or what you need to hear. Contact me for more information on how to navigate all this and make sure if there is a cut in Social Security, your, your Social Security benefits in the future, which could, could happen, likely, 602-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com or it's toll-free, 866-268-4422. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. And the, the catch, key word catchphrase of the day is defund the bureaucracy. And if you were listening earlier, you know what I mean by it. Liberals want to defund the police. Well, guess what? Anyone who's fiscally responsible should want to defund the bureaucracy. And the reason's quite simple. Most people, most Americans agree according to Gallup survey recently, that our government is our number one, the biggest problem facing our country today. So a great way to solve that is reduce the size and power of government by defunding them. That would also help address our debt problem and our debt ceiling crisis, okay? We're spe our federal government spending far too much money. I don't think any 
fiscally responsible person can disagree with that statement, okay, it's gotten beyond ridiculous and mathematically unsustainable, okay? And it's also getting the point now where it's going to be affecting you know, things like Social Security and Medicare. And I'm not saying this to scare people. I'm just giving you the facts. Again, do you want to know? You want to? Do you want me to tell you what you want to hear or what you need to hear? Right? And the Social Security trustees. This is not me. This is them. The people in charge of maintaining and managing Social Security are telling us that it will become insolvent by year 2035. Folks, that's like um, seven years from now or so, okay? I mean, and they're saying Medicare could a year or two before that. So we got probably five to seven, eight years before the amount of benefits that people will receive will be reduced. Now, according to Social Security trustees, it'll be reduced by about 25% unless there are things that are addressed to take care of it, like reducing the total benefit. Increasing the ages of the people that are eligible, reducing benefits for higher income earners, uh, increasing the payroll tax, all of those things or any or all of those things. And frankly, I believe all of the above is what's going to be needed at this point to keep or maintain benefits at or near current levels. Otherwise, we're going to see a reduction in levels. Either address it now or be forced to deal with it later. That is a simple fact, okay? Now, I, can, I, can, I work with people all the time and encourage you and strongly recommend that you address your financial situation so that you have some guaranteed income available. We can do that through your personal bank, through annuities, through other sources. There's ways to accomplish this with having a guaranteed bucket of money that can make sure you're going to have that, that uh, income if Social Security is unable or is unable to pay that to you in the future, okay? It's kind of like Medicare supplement insurance, right? Uh, they cover 80%, but what about the other 20%? Most people purchase supplement insurance to cover that. Well, you know what? In a way, from a financial standpoint, you're going to need to ensure that you have some income to cover that potential 25% loss of income from Social Security if that's the case. Again, do you trust the politicians to fix this in the next, let's say, six to eight years or not? And right now, the disappointment is both parties are saying it's off the table. They're not going to do anything to reform Social Security or Medicare. So, so far, they're not doing anything. So, therefore, you have to do something and prepare and plan accordingly. That's all I'm saying, okay? Now, also part of the problem is we've got people – Again, putting their head in the sand and not willing to face the facts and just kind of keep going down the path, la-di-da, thinking things are going to be great. And a great example of this is you have somebody like Bernie Sanders, okay? He's, he's got a, a book tour going out called, called It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. I guess this is an event he's doing. And the ironic part of this is he's selling tickets for these events up to $95. So here's a guy who's self-proclaimed socialist who's putting on an event saying it's okay to be angry about co capitalism, yet participating in capitalism by selling tickets. It's the height of hypocrisy is my point I'm trying to make here. And so if, you're, if people are going to still listen to hypocrites like that, they're not going to hear or get the facts or the information that they need 
to make good, solid financial decisions. Another problem we have is so much of this misinformation that occurred and a lot of it around COVID and the vaccines and all that. And that's still a hot topic with anybody if you talk to them about it. But here's the facts. And I always said this from the beginning. If you want to understand something, follow the money. And, for example, Pfizer just came out with a $100 billion profit in 2022. And the vast majority of it came from the COVID shot. In fact... They're, I think, I believe, it's if not the most profitable uh, year in history, close to it. And their revenue, by far, vast, vast majority of it came from the COVID shot, okay? Very little. I mean, in fact, it was like three times more. They made like three times more from the COVID shot than everything else combined in their company. And you wonder why they were push, pushing it so hard. I'm running up on a hard break. I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned in the next segment. If you want to contact me, call, call me at toll-free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show and kind of got cut off on the last segment. So I want to finish up on this thought of if you want to understand something, follow the money. Well, you know, I've been uh, uh, this whole thing with the uh, COVID shot the, and all this uh, has been a very hot topic. And if you want to understand why, why it was pushed so hard, all you have to do is follow the money. Now, by the way, co- uh, Pfizer, came out with their recent uh, sale. They had record sales and profits in 2022. In fact, they had revenues that topped $100 billion. So in other words, they had a record year in profitability and and, uh, revenues. And what's interesting about all of this is to put things in perspective, they had over $100 billion in revenues, okay, Worldwide, their COVID vaccines and treatment, as they point out, dwarfed all other revenues. It actually totaled $57 billion for 2022. Put things in perspective, all of its cancer treatments, Pfizer's cancer treatments, worldwide brought in $12 billion, $12 billion. COVID brought in the COVID vaccines and treatments and really brought in $57 billion. And you wonder why they're so hopped up on pushing it so hard. And when you add in there, it was so profitable because they had governments like the U.S. government who purchased guaranteed billions of doses of this stuff, okay? And they had to, had to get people to take it then, right? So, you know, forget the, forget the science, forget the health, health. This should make people really angry. The bottom line is it wasn't about health. It was about money. Folks, that's <laughs> that's about, you know, you can almost figure out anything. Like I said, just follow the money. Follow the profit motive here, and then you understand why, why things are the way they are. Why Pfizer and these pharmaceutical companies were pushing these shots so heavily while the government was doing the same thing, okay? And I believe, if I remember correctly, Dr. Fauci got a million-dollar um, award, quote-unquote, 
but from Pfizer, okay, let's face it, it was a bribe. I mean, I don't know how else to call it. What I don't, I, I don't still don't understand how he could have received that because as a federal employee, I, I, there are rules, I'm quite certain, that don't allow you to accept those kinds of things, but it was public record. Okay, and it's also public record. He is, his uh, net worth went up $5 million over a couple-year period during this, this time frame. He just, that's the public part of it, public record part. Makes you wonder. That's all I'm saying. The point is you follow the profit motive. You, pro, you know, a lot of people don't want to admit that maybe they were duped somehow to their credit. They kind of bought into this they bought, or, or they fell into the fear. I, I'll tell you this. I, I still people still see a few people, not many, who are still like wearing a mask outside. Makes you wonder. And at this point, frankly, I just feel sad for them because they, they're still just living in, uh, they're living in fear, folks. There's just no two ways about it. And what's so evil about this? is these people, Pfizer, along with many of the government officials, the bureaucrats that should be defunded, remember, defund the bureaucracy, colluded, worked together to put voice this on the American public as a solution, okay? And it's been proven, you know, since that it doesn't prevent COVID, okay? And now there's many other side effects that are just coming out repeatedly. And, folks, we don't even know what the long-term side effects are because it hadn't been around long enough. But many of the shorter-term side effects are already coming out as very significant, all right? Very large cause for concern for many people. And they did all this to make a bunch of money. And that's the bottom line. They saw a profit opportunity. And that's why from the very beginning, the very beginning, when I saw the pharmaceutical companies and the government starting to push this, uh, this shot on people, so, and the harder they pushed, the more suspicious I became because that made me think, what's the, what's the reason why they're doing this? It has to be about money. I figured it out way back. And by the way, <laughs> I can prove it. If you want to go to yourpersonalbank.com and go back and listen, the, the radio shows are still there on the website. You can listen to any of the previously recorded shows. They all have topics. And I started talking about this stuff back in March and April of 2020, folks. And even, I think, on the shots even before that. I was talking about the economic impacts. All the, yeah, it was all right in that area. So very early on, okay, I started talking about this. And I started saying you need, to be, you need to be cautious and suspicious about this because there's got to be a profit motive. And now we see it. Record profits for, for Pfizer. And that's true for the other pharmaceuticals, too. They made a lot of money, folks, off of off of off of fear. There's, let's just put it. Let's cut to the chase. Let's just cut all the BS. They caused a lot of fear for a lot of people unnecessarily, and made a ton of money as a result. And I'm sorry, I think that's unethical at best, and evil. At, you know, it's just evil, in my opinion. Look, I'm not against a profit motive. I'm a business person. I'm a financial guy. But I don't think it's right to make money off of people's fears. Of course, Pfizer doesn't seem to care, and neither does uh, much of the health establishment of our government. But, you know, that's, neither her, that's another story, right? Again, our federal government is dealing with a, cret, a debt crisis, a debt ceiling they've surpassed. 
record inflation, although, yes, it's so far seems the worst of the, the high inflation has, has seemed to uh, dissipate to a degree. But we're still in the 5 6% CPI numbers, which is totally unacceptable. And inflation is out of, out of control. I mean, let's face it. And, and when you particularly when you talk about things like food prices, of course, and we have the numbers now in 2023, on average, the uh, cost of groceries went up over 11% nationwide. And to make matters worse, they're actually predicting, this is USDA, is predicting that grocery and food prices will increase between 8 and 16% in 2023. More, another 8, eight to 16%, depending on which type of food we're talking about. So we've already seen 11 11% across the board on average for 2022. And they're expecting that or more for 2023. That means for the average American household in the two-year period, your cost of groceries are going to, going to increase 20-25%. Folks, that is not a small amount. You take an average family of four, you're talking about some of the numbers looking at an extra $6,000, $7,000 per year. That's five, $600 a month more just spent on food. Folks, that eats into people's savings, which brings me probably to my last point I want to, uh, want to make today. And this is an article, if you, if you listened to the uh, show last week, you heard me discuss this. But I want to go into this a little bit further because I don't think a lot of people really grasp grasp this the 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 seriousness of this i'm not trying to be a fear monger please understand i'm trying to share some facts and help people understand that you need to proceed with caution i know we have government leaders and we have economic leaders who are saying one thing saying hey the worst is over we have a lot of economists and a lot of business leaders saying otherwise and the numbers are pointing to otherwise and another thing that's probably throwing folks off is even though, yes, 2022 was a really rough year for the stock market. There's no argument there. Uh, January, for example, has been really strong of 2023, a, a strong comeback, one of the best uh, recoveries in a long while, which starts p making people, I believe, give them a bit of a false sense of hope uh, that the worst is over. Now, I hope I'm wrong. But nothing that I see or read tells me or shows me that the worst is over yet. And here's what I mean by that. Real disposable income has had the largest drop, the second largest drop in history, percentage-wise. The worst was in 1932, which was in the height of the Great Depression. Over $1 trillion of real disposable income was lost in 2023. Also, this was part of what I did not share last week because I kind of ran out of time, saving, savings uh, uh, in, in the United States plummeted $1.6 last year. So if you add the two together, these are massive numbers, and I'll break it down in a minute. But we've had a loss of income of a trillion and a loss of savings of another $1.6 trillion. That's $2.6 trillion dollars of money's not available to purchase, the average consumer not available to purchase. Two-thirds of the American economy is based on consumer spending. 
Folks, this bodes very, very poorly, very bad for the future going forward. Now, my sincere hope is things don't end up being, don't get too bad, too rough. But I'm afraid they may get, I do believe they're going to get far worse before they get better. I don't believe we're out of the woods yet by any stretch of the imagination, and you need to plan accordingly. Diversify, have some, and not just diversify in the market, have some monies that are guaranteed. That's a key. So you can not you can put a floor on your losses on at least on a portion of the money. Folks, with these debt ceiling negotiations and problems and Social Security insolvency ahead of us, all these kinds of things, having some tax-free money is going to be important because some of the things on the table would be to shore up Social Security, for example, would be to raise taxes. Okay? That's a very real, distinct possibility. Okay? So creating a diversification bucket that's guaranteed, consistent growth with some tax-free, I believe you can't go wrong. It will only enhance your financial position, particularly if things get worse before they get better. Granted, eventually they will get better, but we're not out of the woods yet and nowhere close yet. Okay? (laughs) That's just, maybe that's some of the best advice I can give. And The last thought I'll leave on this for the day is the solutions are tough but doable. We just got to grow up and get some financial responsibility and act as adults and act responsible, defund the bureaucracy, okay, and address the problems that are really there. And then then personally, personally what you can do is shore up your financial situation and make sure you've diversified, had some, you know, you've, you've, you've separated, you've got a tax-free bucket of money that's growing, that has guarantees and safe and, and doing all that for you, not having everything subject to risk. Because it's hard to say what's going to happen going forward. It truly is. We have some unprecedented times economically. We have some uncertainties that are significant. We have record red flags that are some of the biggest things we've seen since the Great Depression. Like I said, the reduction in real disposable income being one of the big ones. These are cause for real cause for concern. Um, credit card debt is growing. The, there, we're getting numbers we haven't seen since 2009 in terms of, of savings rates lower than they've been since 2009. Uh, debt being higher than it's been since 2009. Late payments on mortgages, rent, utilities, car payments, all of those things, all of those things are spiking up. Proceed with caution. That's my best advice at this point. And if you want more direction and advice on how to manage this, and not only manage it, but there are opportunities, folks. Here's the good part. Here's the exciting part. Some people are going to thrive through this, and I can show you how to do some of that. Contact me at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, it's 866-268-4422. Whenever these kinds of things happen, there are always opportunities, but you can't do what you did before and expect it to continue to work. That's called the definition of insanity. It's been fun, and I'll just leave this thought like I've done so many times before, and I think this is the real solution to our problem. The big picture is, as long as it's still on our money, in God we trust. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com.
This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guest on this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Products and riders may have limitations and may not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Compare when considering a replacement. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. Contact yourpersonalbank.com for current rates. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.